Greetings in the name of the Lord Jesus. We're so glad to have you worshiping today with us at Parker. It's hard to believe this is the third Sunday that we are meeting online or by way of television rather than meeting at our facility here at Parker Memorial. But we know that the Spirit of the Lord is wherever we are because the Holy Spirit fills our heart and our life. So right there in your home, right there as you watch today, you have an opportunity to worship the living God and to receive truth by His Spirit. Then take your Bibles and turn to 2 Kings chapter 5. We're continuing to study about revival and we'll be looking at another aspect of revival today. And so it's going to be a fun time that we'll enjoy in God's Word if you will prepare for that. Excited about being with you and expecting the Lord to do neat things in my heart and your heart and our hearts together as we worship Him this morning. If you have your Bibles there, I want you to turn to 2 Kings chapter 5. We are this year focusing on the year of revival. We've been talking about revival from so many different aspects. But do you remember a few weeks ago, we had an emphasis that we on our button that says, I have it. And it's our evangelism emphasis this year. Talking about that I have the absolute assurance that if I died today, that I would go to heaven. One of the things that impressed on my heart last fall when we were talking about this year and revival is the need to tell more and more people about Jesus or being able to tell people about the answer that we have that they might be looking for that will make a difference in their lives. And today I want to focus on that in this story about a man named Naaman. And here in this fifth chapter of 2 Kings, because he's a man who has a need and is looking for something, and an unlikely source is the one who tells him where to find that answer and to have his life radically changed. So I want us to focus on this passage today. And if you have your Bibles, we'll read it, and then we'll look at the different points in the message today. That's so what it says in verse 1 of chapter 5. Now Naaman, captain of the army of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master, and highly respected. Because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria, the man was also a valiant warrior, but he was a leper. Now the Syrians had gone out in bands and had taken captive a little girl from the land of Israel and she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said to her mistress, I wish that my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria. Then he would cure him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in and told his master, the king, saying, Thus and thus spoke the girl who is from the land of Israel. Then the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothes. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, And now as this letter comes to you, behold, I've sent Naaman, my servant, to you, that you may cure him of his leprosy. And it came about when the king of Israel read the letter, that he tore his clothes and said, Am I God? to kill and to make alive, that this man is sending word to me to cure a man of his leprosy? But consider now and see how he is seeking a quarrel against me. And it happened when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent word to the king saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Now let him come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel." So Naaman came with his horses and his chariots and stood at the doorway of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, 
Go and wash in Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored to you and you shall be clean. But Naaman was furious and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and cure the leper. Are not Abna and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. Then his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, had the prophet told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? So Naaman went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the Lord of God, the word of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. When he returned to the man of God with all his company and came and stood before him, he said, Behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth, but in Israel. So please take a present from your servant right now. We're talking about a man named Naaman, who was the captain of the Syrian army. And God lets us see about this man that he has almost everything anybody could want, except he had a critical need in his life. Did you hear when we read there in verse 1? Let's look at how it describes this man, Naaman. It says he was a great man with his master. In other words, his, the king of Syria thought he was a great man. It says he was highly respected. It goes on and says, because the Lord had given victory to Syria through him. He was a valiant warrior. It goes on and describes him. He is a valiant warrior. What more could you ask than to be thought well of by the king, highly respected, to be one who wins victories for your nation and is a valiant warrior? But it goes on and says, but there's something about his life. He was a leper. Well, you've heard about leprosy, that dreaded disease of that time. That dreaded disease, when it was contracted, that there was no one who would be healed from that disease. It would take a miracle from the hand of God. That disease that would begin to deteriorate their body and cause them to even turn white and to lose their appendages and all kinds of things, eventually to die from that dreaded disease. And here was this man who had everything, but he had leprosy. He was considered unclean and he needed to be made clean. That's the situation of life. That's the situation of this circumstance where they are naming a man who has a need. But the second thing about that in verse 2 and 3, it tells us an interesting thing about a little girl. For see, it says the Syrian army would make band, take bands and raid inside Israel, and they would take captive people. And there was this little girl that one time on one of those raids, they go in and take this little girl and bring her back and she is now a captive in Syria when she is an Israelite. And that she is a captive not only there, but she is also a part of Naaman's house, a servant in Naaman's house, and specifically one who watches over and cares for his wife. Now you wouldn't think that that little servant girl would have an opportunity to make a radical eternal difference in the life of a man like Naaman, but she does. And why is that? Because she has something... She knows something that Naaman doesn't know, but that he needs to know. 
and she tells her mistress, the wife of Naaman, what that is. She says, I wish my master, talking about Naaman, would go and meet the man of God, the prophet of God from Samaria over in Israel. I wish that he would meet that prophet of God, that man of God, talking about Elisha, for that man of God could heal him. Do you hear what she says? She says that I know something that he doesn't know, but he needs to know. And if he would go and see it and experience it, his life would be radically changed. That's just like this little pen that we wear when it says, I have it. We're saying that I have something or I know something or I've come to understand something that that everybody needs to know. And if, if they would come to know that and understand it, it would radically change their life. Just as that little servant girl told Naaman that if you would go to where I tell you and meet the man that I'm telling you, he can change your life. Well, Naaman was obviously interested in that, as anyone would be. If you had leprosy and you knew there's a possibility of being made clean and whole, you'd want to find that out. You'd want to go wherever you could. So he comes and he speaks to the king and tells the king that my servant girl told me about a man in Samaria, a man in the land of Israel who could heal me. Well, the king who loved Naaman, who respected Naaman, and who would give almost anything to Naaman, said, well, Naaman, this is what I'll do. I'll write a letter to the king of Israel and have him to give you an opportunity to meet this man who could heal your body. So the king of Syria writes out this letter and he, he has it sent by Naaman to the king of Israel. It's kind of a humorous experience there when the king of Israel gets that letter and man, he tears his clothes because he says, this is, this is a trick. They've, they've sent me a, a, a message here that I'm supposed to have this man healed of leprosy and I'm not God. I can't heal this man of leprosy. How could I possibly do anything for him? And so he tears his clothes because this is just a trick. What the king of Syria is trying to do is have a quarrel with me. And in the midst of that quarrel, he'll be able to attack us. He'll be able to defeat us and, and take our land. He said, this is all a trick. The king had no answer. Isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting that when it comes to cleaning up somebody's life and a, a miracle that needs to take place and a, a God thing that has to happen, it's not found in the king's, the answer is not found in the king's house. <laughs> The answer is not found in the, in the king's household or in that place of rulership. I think if there's a little side note that we might take from that today is, is when we face things like we're facing right now, the real answer is not ever going to be found in the White House or the Capitol or in some kind of legislative activity. Even though we pray for them and we ask them to lead us and give us guidance, the real answer doesn't come from the house of the king. The real answer has to come from somewhere else. And you know where that was? It was from Elisha's house. When Elisha heard that the king had torn his garment and was grieving because he had no answer, Elisha sent a message to the king of Israel and he said, Have this man Naaman to come to my house. Let him come to my house. Isn't it interesting that the answer is going to come whenever it comes from the house of the man of God or the house of God? That's where the answer comes for him. And, and so that's what the king told Naaman. And Naaman picks up and he, he goes to Elisha's house. Now, whenever he gets to Elisha's house, something interesting happens there. Elisha doesn't come out and greet him. And, and, and I think it really troubled Naaman. 
Because it says when Naaman comes into the, into the nation of Israel and when he goes to the king's house and into Elisha's house, it says he goes with his chariots and he goes with his horse. He goes with his entourage that it lets everybody know who sees that this is an important man. <laughs> this is somebody who's important. He, he's of great value and so he needs to be highly respected. When he comes to the house of the man of God, Elisha does not even come out to see him. You would expect him to go out to see this important man. He doesn't even go out to see him. But rather he sends a message by way of a messenger to tell Naaman what he's going to have to do. I really believe that hurt Naaman's pride because this man of God didn't honor him. He treated him like a common man. Matter of fact, he even treated him like a leper. Because you remember that lepers were not supposed to be around the community and they were supposed to be outcast and, and they were supposed to cry out unclean. And, and it's as though the man of God does not come near the man who has leprosy, but only sends a message to him about what he should do in order to be made whole. And, and whenever, whenever Naaman gets that, he sees that he doesn't come out, I think it bothers him in his heart. It bothers him in his mind that, that he's kind of been disrespected by this man of God. And all he gets is the messenger coming to tell him, but the messenger comes and delivers that message. And and what did he tell him to do? He said, what you need to go is go down to the Jordan River. Go down to the Jordan River and you are to dip yourself seven times. And if you will dip yourself seven times, then you will be made clean. You will be made whole. That was the message that was given by the man of God to Naaman. Well, now comes a critical point. What is Naaman going to do? He's just received a word from God about how to be made clean, how to be made whole, how to have that miracle happen. But what is he going to do? Well, first of all, if he lets that pride creep in his heart and he doesn't hear the man of God because he's offended that the man of God didn't come out and honor him, then he's going to miss out on that truth and miss out on that miracle. Boy, I hope we never let pride, our own sinful pride, keep us from hearing the word of God and responding to the word of God and experiencing the power and the miracles of God. But I believe there are some people who let pride creep in the way and keep them from responding and seeing the power of God work in their life. But there was something else that happened in Naaman's life that makes this a critical point. Not only was he a little bit upset that that the man of God didn't come out to meet him and honor him, but he also says, this is not what I thought was going to happen. Did you see that in that passage of Scripture? Whenever he says there that it's not what I thought in verse 11. He said, this is what I thought. I thought the man of God would surely come out to me. And then I thought he would stand. And then I thought he'd call on the name of the Lord his God. Now listen, and wave his hand over the place and that would cure the leprosy. See, he had in his mind how all this was going to happen. He already had in his mind how this healing would take place. And none of that is how it happened. (laughs) See, sometimes we can miss out on God's plan because we think God's got to do it a certain way. And our mind is this is what's going to happen in order for me to get well. This is going to happen in order to see a plan or the miracle of God. This is what I thought was going to take place. It didn't happen any way that he thought. And it happened totally different than he thought. All the man of God said was, listen, you need to go down. You need to go down to the Jordan. 
and you need to dip yourself seven times in the Jordan and you will be made clean. Well, Naaman is struggling because he says, well, if I just needed to dip myself in some river, I could have dipped myself in the rivers that are in Syria. For see, there is Abna and Farpar rivers there that are far cleaner than the Jordan River, far cleaner, better rivers. Why couldn't I have just dipped myself there? And when he starts thinking about that, that he's just told him to go down this Jordan River and to dip himself, it says, and he turned and went away in a rage. Boy, he's at a critical point and a dangerous point. He's almost going to walk away because he's raged at the circumstances, situations, and the instructions. It's not what he thought. And he's about to miss out on the miracle of God. That is, until some of his servants come to him. And boy, aren't we glad that the servants, isn't Naaman glad that the servants came to him and gave him these words? Listen to what the servants of Naaman said. said they asked him, said, my father, if the man of God, the prophet, had told you to do something great or something difficult or something hard, would you have been willing, would you have been willing to do that in order to get well? And, and the answer, of course, is yes. Yes, I would have done whatever. If he had told me something great, something hard, I would have done whatever he said in order to get well. Then they said, well, then why would you not be willing to go and just wash in that river to be made clean? In other words, if you could do something, be willing to do something hard, why wouldn't you do something that seems pretty easy? Just to go down to the river and dip yourself seven times in order to be clean. And they're saying, Master, do not miss out on this opportunity. Do not miss out on this privilege. Do not miss out on this word of God. Don't do that because it's not the way you thought it would happen. And boy, it's great to know that Naaman was willing to listen. Naaman was willing to hear the word of his servants because it says in verse 14, it says, So he went down and he dipped himself seven times in the Jordan according to the word of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child and he was made clean. Well, I'd like to see that image in my own heart and mind. I'd like to see Naaman going down that first time and he comes up and the leprosy is still there and the second time and the leprosy is still there and third time. Don't you know that probably his faith wanted to wane a little bit? Don't you know he thought, man, this might be foolish and this might not happen. But he goes down the fourth and the fifth and the sixth time and nothing changes until he goes down the seventh time when he comes back up. His flesh, it says, is like the flesh of a little child and he is clean and his leprosy is gone and a miracle has happened and his life has been transformed and that man who had everything except that issue of leprosy now has everything without that problem in his life. A miracle has taken place because he did what the man of God said. Go and dip yourself seven times. Remember, that's the number for God, that perfect number, seven times that you would go down into the Jordan. And on the seventh time, he comes up and he's been made clean. But do you know what happened? It wasn't just that his body was made clean and his flesh was made clean and the leprosy was gone. God used this to grab hold of the heart of this man Naaman. Listen to what it said there in verse 15. When he returned to the man of God with all his company and came and stood before him. Now notice, he's not on the outside and, and no message has been sent 
by the man of God to Naaman. He comes and he stands right in the presence of Naaman. He stands before him. Why? Because he's now clean. He's been made clean. He's been made whole. The leprosy's gone. And this man, the man of God, who represents God, now that clean man, Naaman, that acceptable man, Naaman, can come and stand right before the man of God as though standing before God. And listen to what Naaman said. He said, Behold now, I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. He says, I know that there's only one true God, and that is Jehovah God. The God of Israel. Naaman didn't just have his flesh changed. He didn't just have the leprosy cured. But he had his heart brought before Almighty God. To the point that he realizes there is only one God. And one God to be worshipped. One God to be served. And through that one God, his life has been radically changed. And how did this happen? How did this take place? Because a little servant girl who had been taken away captive out of her homeland to a place she had never been, to become a servant in a family she did not know, cared enough about a man named Naaman, and she knew enough about the man of God and the power of God that she told him, if you could only meet the man of God, he could make you well. And because she was willing to share, because she was willing to to bring her thoughts and her ideas and what she knows before Naaman, and Naaman was willing to listen and Naaman was willing to go, a miracle took place. You know, I, I believe there are a lot of people in the world like Naaman. I believe there are a lot of people in the world who have about everything that they would want, <laughs> They have about every accolade you could imagine and they're well thought of and, and they're successful in what they're doing. But, but maybe there's just one problem in their life and, and maybe it's not that they have physical leprosy, but maybe they have a spiritual need in their life and there's something not right about their heart and, and their life. And if they could get that right within their heart and their life, they would be completely whole. They'd be completely clean. They'd be acceptable before Almighty God. I believe there are people who walk around us everywhere. But do you know what? We're called to be that servant, just like that little servant girl. And we're called to tell them that we know something that they don't know, and we've experienced something that they've never experienced. And and we can tell them where to go and what they need to do in order to be made whole. We have that opportunity, and we have that privilege. But how many of us would take the same opportunity that little girl did? How many of us would say to someone, hey, I know the answer. I I know where you can find your answer, and I know where you can be made clean and be made whole. That's what God wants us to do. And and in a revived church, in a revived heart, a revived life, we're a people who want to tell other people what we found out. We want to tell people where we found the answer, and we want to point people to God. And we want to point people to the way to God. That is through Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. Now, all they have to do is receive it. And all they have to do is believe it and respond to it. And if they, like Naaman, would overcome their pride, overcome the way they think it has to happen, and be obedient to the Word of God, their lives can be radically changed just as his radical changed life was a miracle. A miracle happened in their life as well. We have that opportunity. 
we have that privilege to tell other people just like the little servant girl. Where are you today, my friend? Are you naming? Great things happen in your life. Blessings happen in your life. But is there some need in your life, maybe not physically, but maybe spiritually, that you're not where you ought to be? Would you be willing to, to hear the Word of God and respond to the Word of God? And, and that is that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by Him. But if you come believing in His name that He will forgive you of your sin, that He'll make you whole and make you a new creation in Christ Jesus, would you be willing to believe that and accept that? I, like that little servant girl, can tell you that if you'll come to Jesus, He'll make you clean. He'll make you whole. He'll make you acceptable that you can go into the very presence of God. If you've never given your heart to Christ and you like name and have that need in your life, would you give your life to Him today? Would you ask Jesus to come into your heart? Would you confess your faith in Him as Lord and Savior and ask Him to forgive you of your sin and to make you whole? He'll do that. What about you, child of God? Somebody told you that story. Somebody pointed you to the way to the cross. Are you going to be as faithful as that little servant girl was to Naaman? Are you going to tell others what she told him? Are you going to be willing to point the way, the answer to the miracle that can make a difference in anybody's life? I hope that you and I both will do that. And whenever we're revived and when we're renewed and when we're where we ought to be in relationship to God, one thing that's going to be in our heart all the time is telling people, I have it. I have that absolute assurance and you can too. If you'll come to Jesus, I hope and pray that we'll be just that faithful. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you for the privilege, opportunity. I thank you for the word of God. I thank you for the truth of God. And I pray for that person now who does not know Jesus. That today would be the day they'd accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I pray for us as believers that we'd be faithful like that little servant girl to tell somebody today that there is a man named Jesus who can make a difference in their life. And I pray, Lord, for our world right now. I pray for you to heal our land, heal our world, to give the answers, for you are the answer. And in these days, Lord, when we have uncertainty and we days when we're having to do things that we never thought we'd have to do, I pray that you'll draw us close to you and revive our heart and bring about a worldwide revival where people will turn to you, O God. That's my prayer, and that's my hope in Jesus. Thank you for the chance to gather around your word and sing your praises today. We glorify the name of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. That concludes this week's message from Brother Mac. Additional sermons and reference materials are available from our website at parkermemorial.com slash sermon series. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. I have overcome the world. We can help you know the one who can bring you peace. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Parker Memorial Baptist Church, as well as our website at parkermemorial.com. May God bless you until we meet again.